You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. Now, let's turn to our next topic and guest of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're chatting with Nicole Chick, who recently took part in one of the world's most challenging ultra marathons, the 250-kilometer Marathon de Sables, the D, uh, the MDS, to support the work of the Hong Kong Dignity Institute, which is a platform that provides direct assistance to victims of human trafficking and also seeks to break the cycle of exploitation. And Nicole joins us live in our studio this morning. Welcome to the program and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. It's great to meet you, Nicole. Thanks for having me. And also yeah. for our listeners, um, I'd love for you to meet Nicole here as well. Uh, you could join us on Facebook, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, we are up and running. Um, you are quite the young lady, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> how old are you again? 16 this year. That's incredible. Um, and before we talk about mm-hmm. this ultra marathon, tell us about your running journey. So how did it all begin for you? Mm, usually when people ask me now, I would say that it has just started for me. But then most people know of it as um, how I started in 2020 when I went on to the board marathon challenge where you run like seven marathons in seven days seven. in seven continents. Whoa. I feel like that just sounds really amazing. And that just really, because I was 13 or 12, somewhere around that. So I was like, oh, you get to travel the world. I just want to go and try. Yeah. So I had my dad bring me along with his, because um, my dad runs a lot. And he always goes to these random challenges. And I decided to go with him in 2020. But then when COVID hit, it kind of just stopped. Everything just kind of stopped. Yeah. And in order for you to sort of pick it up again, Mm -hmm. that's sort of a a different shift. So tell us about this ultramarathon. So it's 250 kilometers over how many days in the Sahara Desert? It's over six days. And every day, I swear, it just looks the same. The same landscape, just all the sand. And maybe sometimes you get to climb some hills. And then I think that's kind of the mental picture because it's really hard to handle. When you keep walking and walking, you just keep seeing the same thing every day. I can't <laughs> even imagine because, yeah, there are no buildings. It's a, a desert, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the worst thing is like when the sun just... Mm, it gets really hot. And when I walk in the desert, I literally feel like I'm having a fever. It's like your whole body's overheating and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you go about training for something like this? <laughs> I, I mean, w- w- as you know, N- Nicole was coming in this morning, you, you mentioned, <laughs> I, I was saying how hot it is in Hong Kong, but it doesn't compare to how hot it is in the Sahara Desert. So how do you go about training uh, for such extreme weather conditions? <laughs> I don't think you can really train a lot specifically for that in Hong Kong, because I know some people would like literally fly to let's say Dubai or somewhere around like some desert kind of thing to just kind of mm, acclimatize themselves yeah Yeah. but then in Hong Kong because it was still kind of COVID when I was preparing and we can't really go anywhere so I wouldn't say I had much specific training for the desert and for the weather but I would say like do long distance training and also Spend some time on the sand. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, just to get that feel of yeah. running on the... Yeah, I suppose that's a, such a good I point. When I came back, when I came out of the desert, I told myself, I'm never going to the beach again. 
<laughs> and I have was you, like, and have you been to the beach since? <laughs> I'm going later. <laughs> <laughs> so you've forgiven the sand. Yeah. What's it's, it like running on the sand? I suppose for, for for six days. I would say like, especially when you're climbing uphill, you keep sinking. So you spend so much effort just trying to go up, but it keeps just sinking you down with every step you take, and that was really. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like you know when you jump on a trampoline and then you go back on yeah. like the, the the ground itself. It's such a different sensation, and your body has mm -hmm. to acclimatize again. Yeah. yeah. Um. And what sorts of clothes were you wearing when you run in the desert? Because I would imagine it to be quite windy, quite mm -hmm. sandy, um, and very hot. So how oh does it work? God. I I wish it was wet windy because most of the time there was no wind and it was just really you couldn't really breathe because. There was no wind around you, and it's just the sun and you, and that's it. Wow, that's I'll, incredible! Like, whenever there's wind, I just like get so excited. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it cools. <laughs> but yeah, um, like before, I did some like research and asked my dad. I thought you would just go with like a tank top and shorts and everything, and then until like, also when I got there, I was like, oh, there's no way I'm wearing a tank top. It's like. You get sunburned really easily. Exactly. So I need to wear some like sleeves around my arms and also just like t-shirt, and and a hat. As yeah, well. and a hat. Yeah. And also sunglasses and everything, but I just still I wore shorts still, but I had to wear these calf sleeves. Oh, mm -hmm. what are those? I've never heard of those. Are they sort of like leggings of some mm -hmm. sort? They're like compression sleeves that kind of relieve the stress on your calves and legs. Yeah. Oh mm -hmm. wow, that's incredible. So, in terms of uh, rest, um, how does it work? Because you want to stay out of the sun um, for as long as possible, but you then you want to keep moving. But it's still a quite a tiring experience. How would it work when you do an ultra marathon in, in the <laughs> desert? Because um, the organization have checkpoints for us, and we have to get to a specific checkpoint at a time, a given time. So. If you're walking really slowly, you don't really get time to rest at the checkpoints. Yeah. The checkpoints are like twelve kilometers away from each other, so there are three checkpoints a day, and I usually just rest when I get to the checkpoints. But when I said, like as I told you, you get overheated sometimes, and it's really bad. So when there are trees around, I can just lie there when I needed to, but. I try not to do that because we still need to get to the checkpoints on time. Yeah, um, we talked just now before uh, we went on air. You know, when we think of an ultra marathon, when we think of a marathon mm -hmm. and long distance running, we often think, "Oh, that person is so physically fit." Yeah. Um, and I think that goes without saying. At the same time, I think that the other aspect of it is the mental challenge and the mental fitness. Um, what's going through your mind when you're <laughs> when you're I running? I have a really funny story. And so on the first day, because as I said, I wasn't really like acclimatized to the weather and the environment and everything. So on the first day, I was like, what am I doing here? I was like, I think 20 kilometers in, I have 10 left. And then I was already like dying. And I was thinking, I have six more days of this. Like, what am I supposed to do now? But then I just told myself, because like when you go through the checkpoints, you see people crying and... Oh wow! It's an it's an emotional mm -hmm. time for them. Because yeah. when I sat down at one of the checkpoints, one of the girl next to me was crying and everything. Like when I sat down, she asked me, "Are you okay?" But then one minute later, she goes, tears all over her face. 
And then she was just crying really badly. And I think seeing all that just makes you kind of doubt yourself. Because people might have trained years for this, but they still are just doubting themselves. But then on the first day, because as I said, I met a lot of like nice people and great people along the journey. So I was like, they're waiting for me and I'm going to get there today, no matter what. At least I have to make it today. Yeah. Nicole, you have such a refreshing and lovely personality. It really, you know, it, it seems like you're not overthinking it at all. And sometimes, like you said, there are people who spend years and years training. Mm -hmm. But it seems like for you, it's like, I just have to get there. And there are people waiting for me. And it's a simple sort of getting yourself from A to B and yeah. not overthinking it. And because yeah. my dad was also running with me this time. And there was a sandstorm just two kilometers away from the finish line of the first day and then it was really bad the wind was really strong and we couldn't see anything ahead of us and we couldn't even see the finish line because usually you can see it just two kilometers away and the wind was getting stronger so my dad started slowing down and he got really scared when I started like running towards the wind because we were kind of running all the time on the first day and we needed to get there on time right so I just start running into the wind and afterwards he was like, why were you running? <laughs> yeah, why were you running? <laughs> he said it was like so dangerous. You shouldn't have run. Like I could have lost you or something. Yeah. And then, I don't know. At that moment, I was just thinking if there's wind like coming at me, I should just like keep going against it to like. To, to, to not get it, get let it, it carried away or yeah, something. Get it. Yeah, I'm not sure what the, what the real protocol is, but I suppose maybe your dad is right. Just <laughs> stick, stick by him. Um, now, a little bit with your running journeys that you also started at a very young age mm -hmm. and you ran on sort of different continents as well. Tell us a little bit more about that. Mm, I think compared to the World Marathon Challenge, where we run like several marathons on different continents, it's... The MDS is really different from that mm. because, well, that one, oh, I just wanted to say, like, when people think of ultra marathon, you usually think of, like, oh, it's just a longer version of marathon. So maybe it's just 200 kilom 250 kilometers of a normal marathon. Just 200 kilometers. <laughs> no, people actually think like that because I also thought it was like that. Just, like, no uphills, just, like, walk through that 250 kilometers easy right but it's the uphill yes so, when i got there i was yeah. like you have to go so much like you have to climb so much and y'all you literally have to go with your arms just like climbing up using your arms too not just your legs yeah. it's like a whole trail journey and everything and i never expected that so i feel like that's what's really different from mm. like a kind of traditional view of ultra marathons yeah because when i got there i was like I didn't know it was this hard. I didn't know. I thought it was a marathon. And Nicole, what makes this even more incredible is that you're doing all of this to raise awareness for mm -hmm. the Hong Kong Dignity Institute, uh, which is a platform uh, that we said at the beginning that provides direct assistance for uh, those who are victims of human trafficking and also those who have been exploited. Mm -hmm. What made you want to uh, throw your support for this organization? I feel like when I heard of how the MDS was like, like when you're just walking through a desert and it's self-sufficient too. And that means you don't really get a lot of support from others and everything. That just made me think of like the people. So there's a lot of people just walking like this in real life. Yeah. And they just 
don't see a way out. They're just walking endlessly, and they can't really find really like a lot of support around them. I feel like that really kind of paralleled. That parallel kind of came to me, and I was like, why don't I make something about this and just let people raise awareness about it? Because I think it's a really suitable opportunity to just. Yeah, raise awareness for this. That's really, really mm-hmm. meaningful. Gosh, that's rather philosophical as well. <laughs> because when you are sort of on your own on the desert, well, not that you were on your own, but it actually is a feeling of um, solitude as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. And then yeah. sometimes, like in the desert, I remember there's this time I was thinking because it was so hard and so hot too. Because and I was running out water and everything. So I was just thinking, how could anyone be like walking? A harder road than this, yeah. but then I just thought of that, like what I was running for, and I was like, that kind of motivated me to finish too. That was one of the motivations. Wow. Like, there's That's no incredible. way. I was just like, oh, there's no way someone can walk a harder road than this, right? And then I just couldn't imagine what some other people might have been going through. And it's in more prevalent life. than we ex- than than we know. You know, human yeah. trafficking exists even in you know mm-hmm. in in Hong Kong. They're just like fighting for their lives. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What sorts of reactions have you had uh, since uh, your return from your friends and your family? What What do they say to you? I feel like okay. I'm just gonna say throughout the whole thing, my dad kind of feel, felt like I couldn't have finished it. He kind of encouraged me to drop out. Like at least three times. Are you sure it wasn't reverse psychology? Maybe as a parent. No, was... it wasn't. Okay, because there's this time I understand. Like I kept yelling at him when he told me to do that. But then there's this time that I understand why he did. Like I was having a really bad nosebleed, and it was oh, going gosh. on for forty minutes wow. under like the sun, and there's no trees around us. And then that was when he was really, really serious about it. Yeah. About like dropping out. Do you know what triggered the nosebleeds? I think it was just really dry and the hotness, just the heat didn't help it either. Just kept it going. But then... Yeah, gosh, he must have been so worried. Um, You mentioned just now at one point you were running out of water. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a good point because you're so... Uh, you know, you're so hot, you need to replenish, you know, the water. But then how much water do you drink um, versus um, then stopping for breaks? Uh, You know, how does it work? Mm, The organization calls this a self-sufficient race, but they still give us, like, a certain amount of water every day. I think we get three liters every morning before we go, and then we get three more at each checkpoint. Okay. Wow, that's six mm-hmm. liters um, in, in the day. Yeah. I suppose because it's so dry, it's you need to replenish all that water. Yeah. Um, finally, we've got a few minutes before... Wow, time flies indeed. <laughs> we've got a few minutes before the, the yeah. 11.30 news. What sorts of tips and advice do you have people uh, when they are you know, thinking about running uh, a long-distance run? Um, because like you said, an ultra-marathon is really not like mm-hmm. a really long marathon. There are sort of different things that comes into consideration. I feel like when it comes to long-distance running, a lot of people just focus on their physical abilities. But I think... Like, you have to make sure you have the right mental, like, the mindset to do it. Because, as I said, a lot of people trained a lot of years for this, and they just give up in the middle. And that's really, like, 
that's how you how me and the whole like entire team from Hong Kong thought it was like Squid Game, because every time we finish, there's this staff that comes to us and he's like, okay, a hundred people are、I've、gone today.、It. Yeah,、oh, whoa, it was so bad, and we, it was just really kind of depressing. And at that kind of environment, you have to make sure you know why you're doing this, and yeah. Yeah, just like Nicole, you are an incredible young lady. <laughs> Not only have you taken on such a physically and mentally demanding uh, uh, excursion, ultra marathon, but also all of this to raise awareness for the Hong Kong Dignity、mm-hmm. Institute, which is a platform that provides direct assistance for victims of human trafficking. Remind our listeners once again: Have you got a, 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 a any social media that people can follow your work or your journey on? Oh yeah, I got Instagram and also. My website, where you can also donate to the Hong Kong Dignity Institute. Yes, what's your website once It's again? It's like my name, www.nicolechick.com. Excellent.、Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's such a pleasure to meet you,、Me、and、too. I hope to invite you back for perhaps more journeys that you have <laughs> in the future. Thank you so Thank much. You.